0: Hello, Liturgy Guy listeners. This is your host, Jesse Weiler, and we have another Coffee Talk episode for you today. Again, this is not a normal Liturgy Guys episode. This is just Dennis and I sitting around and talking, and this time we cover things like columns, and we talk about the dumb things we believed when we were kids. And also, today is Dennis's birthday, and I made him a wonderful gift. I spelled out the word ontology in pie crust for him. So I will post a picture of that in the show notes. So without further ado, our second episode of Coffee Talk. Enjoy. I'm going to talk to you today about the Mass. The liturgy is what enculturates the Gospel for us. What are you, some kind of altar boy? And and it enculturates it into our day-to-day life, our our day-to-day existence. It's pretty dang exciting, huh? We're called not to some crapshoot called life, but to an adventure in fidelity that beckons us to cast out to the deep. The Liturgical Institute is proud to present the Liturgy Guys. For a sound guy, this this must be like hell on earth. This is worse than Chris coughing. (laughs) Why do you even have the sound on? So you can hear it on the podcast. So wait, what's the deal with that? You have a team of people... That, like you're on a team and you got, you gotta mine gold. Well, it's called tap tycoon and you have to tap to make money, but you join a team and every day you have a group thing. So I'm a vice president of the group called uh, actually I don't remember <laughs> what it's called can I be on can I be on your team? If they let you it's not, believe it or not, tap tycoon groups are surprisingly competitive. They're, some of them are not open to the public and you have to have a certain number of taps per day to be accepted. There we go. What's like your tap? What's like your tap quota? My tap quota? Mm-hmm. But oh, you can tap all day if you want. I know. Don't let this thing. Yeah, I'm it. just checking the levels. Oh come on. What? This is not recording. Oh it? that is. This, no this I'm is the, I'm recording it. I'm oh. still checking the levels. This is gold man. That is annoying. <laughs> what is it? There's a lady with a blower who's doing the tapping for you. Every now and then you get this thing. Now, this, this little guy's a fat cat, and he offers you double. This is not going to be uh, discernible by anybody <laughs> listening to this. Sorry, right? <laughs> Since when should that stop us from anything? What is this thing called again? That's called a contour gauge. Sometimes they call it a molding comb. I thought this was like an ink cartridge at first. No. A molding comb or a contour gauge? Look it up on Google. Molding comb. It's a little thing about a foot long and has all these little, you call them needles, but they're not sharp like needles. They're little pins and they move and you push them against the molding and you yeah. take the shape of that molding. Yeah, like you were talking about those nail, those wall, like a wall of nails, and then you make your face into it and stuff. Yeah, the stuff you buy at the sharper image or whatever at Christmas, you put your hand in and take the shape of your hand. There's a thing for moldings. So I have the students in the art and architecture class going around measuring column parts with this thing and reproducing them and drawing them, labeling all the parts. And then we're going to put them all up side by side in class and have a little column-based fashion show. (laughs) I actually am very interested in it, but it sounds so weird. (laughs) And Miss Arizona is here with a double Scotia lower torus. Double Scotia? What's that? What's a Scotia? A Scotia is the concave molding at the bottom of a column. Sort of C shaped. Okay. That's and it a shadow. So you can have a double Scotia. Yeah, two of those is a double Scotia. Can you have a triple Scotia? You can, although it would be weird. I think they did one at, at some place. These sound like tricks you would do, like ice skating tricks, like a double sow cow, a triple or, a, or diving, right? Or diving. Yeah. No, Greg Louganis <laughs> with the double <laughs> Scotia two and a half twist. <laughs> do you know what's, what today is, Jesse? What is today? Today is the day I broke my fast from what? coffee. What? Yes. This is why I'm a little bit hyper. So this is literally coffee talk. Yeah. The last one was no coffee talk. This one, I went out for breakfast this morning and I was like, man, I'm going to have coffee. And I had just two little cups of coffee and it was six hours ago and I'm still hyper. The whole world I, is better. Yeah. I wish what coffee did to you did to me. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it, takes you, some, it takes much more. I have a higher tolerance for sure. Well, you haven't been off it for six weeks. It's like, yeah, that's true. You know, did you get headaches when you went off it? No. Yeah, I did it once for for Lent, and I started to get headaches. I didn't go off having. caffeine; I just went off coffee. So, oh, what did you get? What did how you? I get just had coffee? tea instead. Okay, but it's not as much coffee, and also there's other stuff in coffee other than the caffeine that's just like, Bing, Bing, Bing. What the? What's your class like this summer? You got one class, right? This fall, you mean? Yeah, summer's stupid. Fall. Well, I'm teaching two actually, but one of them for one for the seminary. Uh, it's called Liturg Well, it's called art architecture. It's called Scotia's. Scotia's and more, <laughs> Scotia's and more, Scotia's, We got it. <laughs> you know we got it. You know we got it. Yeah, uh, it's called art, architecture, and aesthetics. 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 Yeah, it's you know people think sometimes the word aesthetic, like a discipline or mm-hmm. an aesthetic monk. Oh, no, as- I never knew aesthetics. there were. That makes a lot of sense. You have to yeah. say it. Yeah, I'm not okay. saying it to sound uppity. It's just I'm trying to pronounce it properly. Aesthetological. Is it like aestheticos? That? Is what. Aesthetological instead of eschatological oh aesthetological. Mm-hmm. yeah i like that that's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah you aesthet- can use that that's Aestheti- Aestheti- then it's a greek word that means to perceive so the field of aesthetics is how you perceive things uh, what does perceive. that have to do with like beauty and architecture and stuff because is it like how it makes you feel like a triple skosh makes me feel good <laughs> well in part it is <clears throat> but beauty as you remember from our beauty part one and part Claritas, two last season. Integritas. We call a thing, yeah. Veritas. Veritas is a good thing, but that's not I, one of the constituent elements. I of like people. a lot of tas. I like it to be very There's toss. a lot of yeah. Yeah. tas. uh Toss toss. <laughs> toss. It's, uh, the beautiful thing is called beautiful when it reveals what it is at the level of its ontology, sort of as, as God knows it in his mind. So perce- perceiving that is part of the experience of beauty. So there's a reality called what this thing is and then you have to be able to perceive it so beauty. so that's where we get the aesthetic aesthetic properly speaking the word is about perception so you know the we talk about sacramental aesthetics that's when you perceive things that are not of this world so not Obviously. only does it have to have those three things but it you also have to perceive it to be what it is so right okay so a thing has to have all the things it needs to have in order to be beautiful, but then it's actually brought to a fuller level of completion when it is perceived. So a beautiful oh, thing is more the, beautiful when it's we perceived. We missed that. Yeah. We didn't talk about that last time or the last two times. We so it behavior. can be beautiful just completely objectively, but it's most beautiful when it's perceived properly. Right. It has the power to reveal Whoa. its ontological reality, but a higher and fuller uh, experience of that is when it has it and somebody perceives hmm. it. So it's given away in a sense, a beautiful thing presents itself as a gift that you receive, and then you pass it on somebody wow. else. Wow. That puts a lot of pressure on the, uh, the person looking at it. Well, it does, and that's why you know, five different people can look at the same thing and think it's stupid, beautiful, mediocre, boring, and different. You know, if you're prepared to receive what it has to offer, then you're going to enjoy it more than if you mm. don't. But that doesn't change the object. So there's this objective reality. That's the thing, the beauty's in the object, but the perceiver has a either greater or lesser capacity to perceive what's there to be perceived that's why people don't like going to art shows and stuff because they're like w- i don't know what it's supposed to be what, what am i supposed to feel well part of that is h- half the time the objects are not very they don't give you much to perceive did i ever tell you father scott harter's story about going to the art institute No, but I have a Father Scott Harder story where you're done. Oh, yeah. Father Scott Harder, wherever you are, he's one of our favorite (laughs) priests from the Diocese of Grand Island, Nebraska. He went here for seminary. But he and a group of people went down to the Chicago Art Institute, and they're walking through the different rooms. And then suddenly one of the rooms is empty, and there's, like, you know, drop cloths all over the place and sheets crumpled up in the corner. And somebody asked the uh, guard there, you know, is this room under construction? She said, no, that's the art. (laughs) <laughs> so that became the joke no that's the art right And if you have to ask if it's the art then there's probably oh, no. a, a problem So yeah so I I know Father Scott uh from working with him at Camp Voitia out in Colorado shout out to you, all you folks out there Did Pope John Paul II ever visit you there No but it was now this place Voitia was John Paul's actual Carol yeah Carol's name right Carol Votiwa Uh we it was an inside joke about pronouncing trying to get it uh, pronounced right because nobody knew how to say yeah Botigla, uh, yeah Botigla. Yeah, Waj- Waj- we got a lot of Wajtilas yeah. for sure, but anyway, um, where where the camp was located originally was the place where he stayed when he visited uh, Denver oh, for World Youth Day, Day yeah. yeah. And there was like this JP two trail that was like the trail that he walked around and stuff like that. So, so he did visit the. He did, yeah, and and. Um, it was kind of like sacred ground and stuff. Unfortunately, that place has been through a number of things. It went through a major fire. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. And then, and then like three or four years ago, there was like a huge mudslide down the side of the mountain. And wow. it like erased everything. It's almost like there. God is mad that John Paul was there, huh? Well, so the one thing that remained was this little stone chapel, St. Catherine of Siena. It was, it's built on a boulder. And it's just made of rocks. And so it's like, you go there and that's the only thing there now. Everything else was just... Now we know why Christ is called the cornerstone. Yeah, it that's can survive true. landslides and fires. But I don't want to get distracted from a good Scott Harder Am I distracting? <laughs> oh, Scott Harder. Yeah. Who's he again? <laughs> so uh, very, very good guy. Very holy priest. But anyway, we were making these like crafts. with oh, Wait, the, with distract the you though? He mm-hmm. will be at the Chicago Focus Conference in January oh. that we will be at. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So... Come see us at the Focus Conference. We'll be there. Uh, we'll have a pretty big booth. January 2nd through 6th, 6th. I think. Yeah. And we're going to try to do uh, morning prayer and evening prayer at our booth, chanted Liturgy of the Hour. So you should check it out. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that. I would love to see him. See, I should distract you more you often. You should distract me more often. Um, usually it is I that distract you, I think. Uh, so we were making these arts and crafts. And so what we did is we took a box, a shallow box, about two, three inches high, filled it with sand and then you dig out the like the negative space, and then eventually what you do is you fill that with wax, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a candle. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, like the kids were encouraged to put like pine cones in there and sticks, and like make it a shape like that you want. But not those catch on fire, when you burn the candle, the, burn your house down. Well, they would, but I don't think I think these are mostly decorative candles. Am we're, I distracting you? You're again? getting distracted. Okay. But the, tell us about Scott Harder. What's wrong <laughs> so, with you? So we were. Father the, Scott Harder. Yeah, Father Scott Harder. We were trained to how to make these so that we could teach the kids how to do it. And so uh, one of the one of the guys was showing, okay, then you do this, then you do this. And then he <laughs> leans over to me and says, at what point do we just put these directly into the garbage? <laughs> <laughs> like most arts and crafts. You hold on to it for a You're while right. and then, oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was, it's that whole thing. It was like, why are you putting pine cones in it? What does that leaf mean? What does that stick mean? But it was like a fun thing for the kids to do. That's and, right. You know, I think it was less about sacred beauty and more about just activities. So, but the point of the story is he's yeah. pretty hilarious. Yes. It's Father Scott Harder. Yeah. Funny priest. I think his video is on YouTube giving a talk at... Anyway, look him up. There's some talk he gave; it had everybody in stitches. I think. Oh, it was really? Some dinner time lecture for something. He's a great storyteller, and he's great at improvisation. And, and he has very interesting blonde curly hair. Blonde curly hair. He got a degree in wildlife and fisheries. That's kind of a weird thing. He used to say, "Dirt and fishes major." Dirt and, That's <laughs> dirt and he, he fishes. Loves <laughs> oh man! But now he is a fisherman, F- a fisher of men, fisher exactly. men. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So. Seriously, come visit us at the Focus Conference if you're going to go there. We'll be there. It's going to be awesome. Are you going, Dennis? To the Focus Conference? Yeah, absolutely. You're giving a presentation. I am. What are you going to talk about? Have we decided for short so that Bible and Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, when we were at the Focus Conference in San Antonio, I gave a little talk on Bible and architecture, and then the room was too small. Then they had me do it again. And still a whole bunch of people didn't come. So I think it was called the Bible and church architecture. So we're considering doing that again for anyone who didn't come. Yeah, so come see that. That's going to be amazing. We'll probably have a video in front of everybody. But visit us at the booth. Ask us questions. Two of the three liturgy guys will be there. So that's great. I don't think we can get Chris to come down. Maybe we'll talk him into it. Yeah. He's a tough cookie sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's hard to to get him into uh, agreeing to things. And in fact, we probably got to meet with him again to do more podcasts. Darn it. <laughs> you guys probably don't know this, but we have to record like a batches of them at a time. Don't tell them that. Don't They're tell all them live. Everything everything, everything <laughs> is live except Every for that. Every time and anyone that. clicks play on the podcast, <laughs> it, we have to do this over and over again. <laughs> Seventy thousand times we had to do this this i used to think that like um, like all television was live and then there was one time this actor was in two different like it was in a movie on the tv you're like whoa yeah yeah and i was like how do they do that it's like calling down god to into the eucharist every time yeah who knew that uh lucille ball could bilocate like padre pio who knew right but uh yeah what things did you used to think of when you were a kid that now make you sound like you're stupid (laughs) <laughs> it's most of the things I think now that make me sound like I'm stupid. But I remember a cute little story when I was little. My mom was wrapping Christmas presents for some of our relatives, so I knew they were from her, mm-hmm. and I saw... Are we getting into, into dangerous territory here about a man no, who no, may no, or no. may not exist? Okay. What is it? <laughs> Don't make <laughs> okay, me cry, keep, go, keep going. Anyway, so the, on Christmas Day, <laughs> there were a bunch of presents under the tree, and they came from Santa Claus, but they were right next to the ones that we'd wrap for our cousins and they oh. had the same wrapping paper. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And do you know what I said? What? I said, "Mom, Santa Claus has the same wrapping paper as us." <laughs> and your mom was probably like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I think Karen who works with us here, I think she specifically gets different wrapping paper for Santa yeah. gifts and non-Santa gifts there was also the time that the Easter bunny left my Easter basket and my sister's Easter basket in the trunk of the car <laughs> and we couldn't find it. We were looking around and my mom was like, whoa, that Easter bunny is tricky. He left it in the trunk of the car. It's so funny. We were about totally that. fooled by and that. like retrospectively, like, Oh, obviously your mom was probably like, she forgot it. and was embarrassed, but your kids, you're like, that's weird, but I still get candy. Yeah, Who cares where it, or where you found it as long as you, because yeah. we used to try to look for them, you know, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I used to think that this is another TV thing. I used to think that real life was black and white. And then there was like some event where color then existed. And Didn't you see the world in color? Though? Yeah, but I thought that everybody used to see the world in black and white. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I mean, like something happened. And well, changed. Yeah, when when I was born, everything changed. It was like the the heavens calling down. No, I thought there was like some massive event, but I never learned about it in like wow. school. And I was like, how come they're not talking about when things turn to color? That's pretty cool. I never thought about things like that. Yeah, it's like the um show Pleasantville or the movie Pleasantville, where everything's in black and white and then turns color. Yeah, that's like the Wizard of Us when they get to the Emerald City. Yep, I mean, the Wizard yeah, of Oz. What, and I actually brick Road. I actually listened to a. Uh, podcast about the origin of color and it's believed that there are portions of the world that in the early stages of humanity they were colorblind I know they've talked about certain cultures that don't have certain words for col- certain colors mm-hmm. and we blue. don't have certain blue words. is an- is one that people don't see often or what's that word puce that people talk about all the time <laughs> you know until I heard Cute. the word puce I didn't I mean I, what is it see If you saw puce, would you know? No. It sounds like if I were to describe what I think that color would be, puce, (laughs) it would be like a a puke green is what I would think. I think it's a slightly purplish putty beige, if I remember right. Putty beige? Putty beige. Putty (laughs) is a color they talk for like a beige. Oh, really? Putty, yeah. Kind of like a Putnam Ivory? Kind of like a Putnam Ivory, which is the color on the walls of the Liturgical Institute offices. <laughs> yeah, we, when we moved offices last year, we had to paint our offices and pick colors. And that gives me a lot of stress and anxiety. But people don't often think about once you pick the colors, you never look at the walls and are like, oh, these are good colors. I feel good about them. It's like all the stress is on the front end. And then you don't ever notice it later. Although years ago... We had, we're getting our offices repainted here and I picked something on the little one inch square and it looked good. Then it was on the walls. It was mm-hmm. horrible. You didn't do a swatch? A little bit of a swatchy? I didn't. I just picked the thing and the guy, the painter came and did it and it was so bad that Ooh. I actually repainted the was whole Was it office. puce? No, it was. <laughs> I thought it was a yellow, but it turned out to be like this tropical yellow with a lime green overtone. Oh. It was Wait, really was that in pa- your old office? yes but i repainted my old office after that i went in and i was like this stinks and i was so embarrassed that i picked the wrong color i just went to home depot myself oh no and picked the paint and painted the whole thing i would have done the same thing yeah. i would have felt embarrassed <laughs> i would have mm-hmm. just done it <laughs> so nobody noticed is that why you stressed out so much picking the colors of this office i didn't stress out well part of, i guess i did a little bit they're like hey you need to pick this in the next five minutes I'm yeah like, and if it was you're a rush job a color for a chapel you you know you don't want to mess that up yeah that's true but i think we'll We kinda picked a neutral one, knowing that we might go back later and do something. No, the triple paint looks nice. It does look nice. Yeah. It's got a nice little accent on it, but uh, anyway, so we got new offices here, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, Dennis. Yes. So you're teaching this class aesthetics. What art architecture and aesthetics. I call it I'm only just just gonna pick out the one thing I remember from the city. Triple A ball here. Triple A. Triple A. Except we are we are the big leagues, even though it's triple A. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is a sports reference, ladies and gentlemen. Which, which Dennis you does may not. <laughs> never hear again. <laughs> and it's the last one that he'll ever make. <laughs> so you're learning about columns, things like that? Well, in part, yeah. Columns are just one of the constituent elements of architecture. and They have a long prehistory. Columns are people. Columns are people. They have heads and feet. What How do you know if it's a girl column or a boy column? And can a girl column and a boy column make a baby column? Can they combine their... <laughs> I don't know if you, we really want to talk about how you identify a boy <laughs> column from a girl column. <laughs> this is a family-friendly That's Architectural show, Anatomy a, 101. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well, you know, the way the ancients did it is they had preconceived ideas about the nature of masculinity and femininity. And so the Doric column... D-O-R, Dork? Doric? Doric, Dork, Yes. D-O-R-K? That's the column for your... D-O-R-K! D-O-R-I-C. <laughs> okay, Doric. Doric. Got it. Um, was modeled on the, what they thought were the more typically the proportions of men. So the way the Greeks did things is they looked around and they observed the world and then they extracted out the patterns that they saw. So this is how they developed geometry and number theory and harmony and musical stuff and everything. So they found a guy who they thought had good proportions and they measured him and they said, ah, that would be good for a column if a column's too skinny and tall, then it looks like it's not strong enough. If it's too wide and short, then it looks like it's more than it needs to be to hold up the roof. And so the idea with a proper column is that it should be strong enough to hold up the roof, but it should look as strong as it is to hold up the roof, not deficient and not wasteful. This is the classical definition of beauty that's but is not that depend extremes. on what it's holding up and how heavy that is? Exactly. So okay. you should have the column can change or appear to be stronger depending on what it's actually doing. But they discovered that the 1 to 6 or 1 to 7 proportion was the good proportion. So of, 1 of the wide band. to 7 high. 1 diameter of the column. Okay. Y. And then the space between the columns has certain diameters because the columns are really far apart. The, what it supports will look like it'll sag in the middle. So there's something called intercolumniation, and that's a certain number of diameters apart, so four oh, typically. Oh, man, I was just gonna make a guess, and it was not gonna be four. I was gonna say like two or 2.5. Well, if you think about a diameter of two, you, you would barely have enough space between the columns to get through. Yeah, that's true. So there's lots of ways to do it, but uh, these are the kind of rules that are the nature of order, reordering the world and architecture four, oh, I guess that makes four sense. diameters, yeah. Hmm. Sometimes you'd be five. Depends. If you see a building where the columns are too fat and they look too close, and like imagine if you had a front porch and the columns were so close together, like you couldn't even see the door behind them or the windows. Be like fence posts. It would be. <laughs> yeah, it would. It wouldn't make any sense. But if mm. they're so far apart that it doesn't look like it hold up the roof, then that's a problem. all too. right So boy, but boy columns, girl columns. Yes. Now, do, do they have different ratios? Like, is yes. a girl column gets like five gaps? Oh, you mean the Mm intercolumniation between them? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head, but the diameters of the column, the column proportions themselves changed. Okay, so what's that? The ionic column, which is the one with the little scrolly volutes on top little scrolls, they thought they had the proportions of what they called a matronly woman. (laughs) A matronly woman is, you know, a woman who's had a few kids. She's thicker around the middle than when she was young. And so (laughs) that was a motherly proportion. This is what the Greeks are saying, not Dennis, okay? Yeah, I'm telling you what the, the ancients were not worried about people's feelings so much right. about this. stuff. I they were it. looking around and they said, hey, my 16-year-old daughter, she's kind of waif-like. And, I'm, and, I'm triggered by everything that you might say. These are micro- microaggressions, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the mom who's had a few kids, oh, well, she put, you know, this is, this is kind of not every single person, right? Some women who are 50 are mm-hmm. skinny. Some, But they pick are, the ideal. Well, not the ideal. It's just they observed the patterns and said, this is the way nature is. And so the young girl was the proportion of like one to eight or one to nine, and the motherly one was more like one to seven, one to eight. So the, the idea behind any of this, why any of us would care, is that columns are people, people are pillars of the church, they're saints, and thus the building is an image of the assembled saints. So if you put columns down a church, it's not just to hold up the roof, it's to architecturalize the, the job of the saints who are holding up the mission of the church or the pillars of the church, so. What about Mary, what's her proportion? Well, she's a special case because she really? can be. She vir- get her own column. Well, she could be virgin, which is the what? She's a different column for each stage of her life. Wait, well, well she's perpetually She's mother and she's mother and virgin, right? So, okay. um, the virginal saint, like the virgin martyr, would be Corinthian. That's the young girl. Okay, column. and then the motherly saints could have Ionic because that's the mother column. But Mary can fit in both of those. So you could have an Ionic hmm. for her or a corinthian for her or you could take the scrolls of the ionic and stick it on the capital of the corinthian hybrid columns it's called a composite yes oh, so it's man. both the virgin and the mother and it's even more slender so you know what we're talking about here is making a church building that sacramentalizes the reality of the church which is people both in heaven saints and on earth who are constituent members They're, they constitute the church and the architecture uh, makes that noble Man, all right. So, what are the type of are there other manly columns? Like, what does Jesus got a column? There's what only about Moses? One, does he get one? There's only one column, and that's the for men, and that's the Doric. Okay, but you can adapt all of these things. The capital might change. Um, you might add things, an ornament that indicates what kind of man it is, for instance, or what kind of woman it is. So, there's like subcategories for the man column and the woman column. Well, there's subcategories for the woman column. Doric is the only man column. What does dork look like? It's relatively simple, and the capital doesn't have the leaves or the scrolls. It looks like a little bowl on top. A what is the one? What's the cap? What is the column with the leafy capital? That's the Corinthian. <laughs> it has all the little leaves at the top. Okay, that's um, that's like the most important column. Well, it's the marker. It's a marker of high status. So, okay. you know, if you made your house out of marble and your public like literally high status cause court so high building out of cardboard, you would say, oh, the house is more important than the court. So okay. what you made a, make a building out of determines how high you think it is in the hierarchy of buildings and, and life. And so um, <laughs> the column type works that way, too. If you put a Corinthian on it, it's a marker of a high status thing. So our okay. campus here, for instance, has Corinthian in the chapel. It has Ionic Ionic, in the residence halls and Doric on the gym. Because Corinthian is the highest. The chapel is the most important building. Mm. The residence halls are important, but not as important as the chapel. And then the Doric is the low status column, so that's on the gym. What type of columns do we have at the Liturgical Institute? We have no columns. Oh, no. no! Oh, was right. <laughs> that's because our building used to be the infirmary. And that was, you know, it's still a lovely building. It's just the place for sick people is not as important. We are as more firm than we used to be in this building. We used to be infirm in this Infirm? Building. Now we're out, out, out firm. firm. We've been <laughs> we've been out firm, farmed out, firmed <laughs> out, <laughs> firmed out. <laughs> That's a gym reference. We're firmed up. <laughs> I'm here to pump you up. Oh, I thought you meant Jim from the office. No, G Y M. Oh, you got if you it. get firmed, yeah, that's know, true. Buff, that's true. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I did notice that some of the columns on campus they look fancier, like in the chapel or mm-hmm. in the admin building, and then mm-hmm. different places they look a little more simpler or whatever. Right, and ideally, if your architect's good, what they're doing is taking an invisible spiritual reality, the hierarchy of uses mm. of, a, of a campus like this, for seminary, and expressing them in matter. So, what do we call that? I'll, I'll pull a Chris and put you on the spot when you externalize, make um, noble to the senses an invisible hey, spiritual can I reality. I say this is not like a liturgy guy's thing. Yes, like this. This is just, this is just you talking pass. about stuff. Well, this this is something every Catholic should know. When you externalize an invisible spiritual reality by making it known through matter, we call it a sacramentalization. Yes, yes a sacrament, right? So we're we're not talking about this. Wait, that was, I was I right? You were right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> if I had my bell here, I'd ring it for you. Ding 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 ding. We'll do it in post, don't okay, worry. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> But that works at the level of the you know the principal sacraments, the seven sacraments. Hmm. So Christ is present in the world, and He wants to be united with us. Well, how do we do that? Well, it's sacramentalized in the in the Holy Eucharist, and then it happens; it becomes real. So you have this invisible idea: oh, seminary prayer is more important than study. studies. Uh-huh. is more important than sleeping. Sleeping is more important than basketball. Wait, nothing's more important than sleeping. Let's I thought just... you were going to say nothing's more important than basketball. Oh. I used to be... That's two sports references today. Yeah, that's yeah. true. you got to cut it out, I yeah, think. Yeah, man. Uh, I used to like play basketball all the time, and I loved it. I just haven't done it in a while. But um, in terms of playing a sport, that was my favorite thing. In terms of like watching, I think baseball is probably my favorite. Yeah. It's it's a... Park yourself on the couch with an open window on a cool summer night and, and watch baseball. And an, o- <sighs> an open window and an open beer. That's, yes. That's a, I know, was thinking of my childhood memories that the beer was not there, but... <laughs> I was in my childhood memories and the beer was the beer there. Was there. <laughs> no. Uh, that explains a lot. Kim has quote quoting my wife. Oh, your wife. She is quote unquote your first wife? My first wife yes. and my favorite wife. Wow. Also the worst wife. But anyway. <laughs> That's right. If she's your uh, first wife she's, she's, my, also my, the, she's yeah. the best wife you've ever had. Yeah. She's and also my ex-girlfriend. So. Wow. Yeah. Unless you talk to somebody who says date your wife then she's my girlfriend too. But uh, every once in a while I'll come home and uh kim gets aggie to get me a beer when i come home from work wow i know isn't that fascinating she's like a little saint bernard yeah i know (laughs) i say go get daddy a beer she can tie a little barrel around her neck yeah (laughs) i don't drink that much beer but it's pretty cool to just come home and then say hi everybody and then she gets me a beer does she open the fridge and everything well kim has to open the fridge for her now i think i think probably in a little bit well i don't really want her opening the fridge to yeah, be honest and, and opening the beer for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's what it was like probably when you were a kid or when i was a kid you know get a get me a beer oh yeah you just go and pour it and i used to make drinks for my grandpa like martinis and stuff like really yeah wow I, we're watching Mad Men right now i think did you say you ever watched that yeah i binge watched the whole thing yeah there was like a the the daughter his daughter was like making a drink and he was like don't crush the cherry. This is this type of drink. Like She's his daughter knew man. how to make all these like Manhattans and everything. I like know that. that's before we were Puritans, yeah. or actually before we ruined everything by abusing things. <laughs> you know, when we use things responsibly, we don't think of them as a threat to us, and so we yeah. don't hyper legislate them. But. with drinking, though, uh, so we had Michael Foley, Dr. Michael Foley, come and talk about drinking with the saints. He talked a lot about that from Waco, Texas. Yeah, from Baylor University. Oh, do you know him personally, or yeah, oh. he wears bow ties. Yeah, that's true. Tell, bow- me about, tell bow- the Everybody bought my bow tie. It is uh, a tie in a bow shape. Yeah. I can't see it. So what color? Oh, which one did I pick? You do It's blue and gold. He's wearing the Notre Dame bow tie today. And uh, he probably wouldn't tell and you And it's that. striped. It is striped. Mm-hmm. It's striped. And you will like this. It came from a company called Bow Ties. B-E-A-U. Oh. My like beautiful tie bow, t- oh. bow ties. This is like our bow tie tie bow. Bow tie tie bow tie bow bow tie tie bow, bow tie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. You know, uh, you're in the middle of something, but I was impressed by those things those people sent us for the Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Okay, so we got more than the ones that won. Right. Um, There was a... So I I forgot who sent this in, but there was a uh, Pixie, a woman named Pixie goes by Pix, so Pix picks 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 pixes. pickses and that's the picks is the thing you carry in the, the blessed yep. sacrament around in yeah and there were there were other missile ones i think there were we should uh, send her half a t-shirt or something for that just <laughs> a sleeve like a uh, cut off like <laughs> i meant well that's a little weird <laughs> cut the sleeves off maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> a yeah, muscle shirt mm-hmm. no we got a lot of we got a i was very impressed with how many we got we should do one. can we condom. do it? A competition right now can we think of something on the spot all right you think of something while i How tell about the story that i wanted to tell <laughs> limericks liturgical all right. limericks all right if you send a liturgical limerick that does not that's not inappropriate doesn't have the word venus because in it. it doesn't have the word venus or <laughs> other body parts that rhyme with that uh send us a liturgical limerick and if it includes the words liturgical institute extra credit extra credit uh, or Mundelein, yeah. But, but then, I, I don't want to limit creativity, though, because then they'll just include Liturgical Institute. Well, it's hard to rhyme with Institute. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if somebody mm-hmm. does, man, they deserve. I bet I could rhyme with Institute. But let me tell my freaking story first, okay? So my grandpa used to drink martinis, and from a kid's standpoint, you'd think that it's just clear alcohol, ice, and whatever. Yeah, It always reminded me of that stuff that nurses kept the thermometers in. What? You know, the, those little jars that they keep <laughs> I don't thermometers know what in? what you're talking about. Oh, that's because you're a millennial. Oh, Before man. Before they had digital thermometers, they had what? those old school glass ones, you know, that you hold under your tongue for three minutes. I don't. Oh, yeah, I know what a thermometer is. Yeah, but. I mean, they have the digital ones, but they used to just have one. Okay. And so to use it, again, they there was like a little beaker. and they Like would, Barbasol when you they, put the comb? It's kind of like that, <laughs> except they would store it in the rubbing alcohol, and then Whoa. they would take it out, and you would taste the alcohol a little that's what a martini tastes like to me as a super oh, taster. okay. Are well, you trying to tell a story? Yeah, I'm trying to tell a story. Well, tell it already. So my brother, uh, we had a party, and you know my grandpa was drinking martinis, and my brother was running around. It was like a hot day, so he was really sweating, and he had gotten an, a glass of ice water earlier in the day, so mm-hmm. he grabbed his glass of ice water, and he just started chugging it. And uh, it was the martini. It was the martini. <laughs> How old was your brother at this time? I think he was like eight or nine. That was his best day ever. <laughs> That reminds yeah. me of a story when I was little. My mom used to cut my hair, and I would sit on the kitchen table, and she would cut it, and she had And you it. would drink a martini, and she'd cut your hair. <laughs> she would drink it. <laughs> um, yeah, she'd drink a martini, and then you, your hair went down like yeah, at an angle. Yeah. Martini in one hand, scissors <laughs> in the other. That reminds me of another story. Anyway, right. so my mom... Are you, you trying to tell a story? Yes. <laughs> I'm you. If you have a liturgical limerick, you should... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when what's the, what's the date that by the, which they should oh, submit the liturgical? Two weeks from today, the day. Uh, oh. No, let's say by the by the October first. Yeah, is let's say October, hmm, October. Let's do October first. October first. Send us a liturgically related limerick. Yeah, of how many lines? And a limerick is. Anyway, barber. Yeah, so my mom's cutting my hair, and she used to want to wet my hair. She didn't have a spray bottle, so she used to keep a glass of water next to me mm-hmm. and she would put the comb in it. And oh, I it like her. where this story's going. And Then she would cut it and then she, all the, you know, she'd dip it in the glass. And then my haircut was over and I was thirsty. I said, Mom, can I have a glass of water? She said, Yes. So I came in the kitchen and I drank the glass of hair no. hair water. It was full oh. of hair. and it, uh, That's a hair error. It was, yeah, it was a harrowing situation. Oh right? my gosh, that's so gross. Yes. That is very bad. It was. I went on a retreat once where there was a skit and it was like, first person came and they um, had- they the had toothpaste? A bunch, uh, well, the first person came and they had toothpaste and yeah. they brushed their teeth. Yeah. And then they put, they like spit in this glass of water and then they put the toothbrush in there. Then another person came and, and s- they had like peanut butter. So they like brushed their teeth, <gasps> then they spit in the cup and then they put the Toothbrush in there, and then another came in. State, but it's another gross. person came in and was like Oreos or something. Oh, oh my gosh! And then the, a fourth person, Ann Wegamaker who definitely does not listen to this podcast, <laughs> came in, and she just drank the water. <laughs> well, well, that's the joke, it. right? You yeah. People would say, I like Crest because it whitens my teeth and they brush mm-hmm. I like Crest because it freshens my breath. I like Crest because it fights cavities. And the person says, I like Crest because it tastes great. And then they drink <laughs> all, the, all the water. I, I was the fourth guy in that skit a few times. Oh, really? I drank all the toothpaste water. It didn't have peanut butter and Oreos. Oh, okay, God. yeah. I think they probably just, like, bumped it up and notch. But drinking fluoride is actually really bad for you. It, really? Yeah. Why do they put it in our water? Because you're not supposed to swallow it. You're just supposed to.
1: Well, well actually, it's in my water. Yeah,
0: I know. Fluoride makes calcium go into your teeth and it fights cavities. There are people out there. Who I am drink. never drinking water again. Fluoride, fluoridation of water, is, some people think is a real bad health problem. But anyway. So if you can think of a liturgical institute limerick or just a liturgical limerick. Yeah, liturgical limerick. By October 1st, and we pick you as a winner. We give you a t-shirt. liturgical institute t-shirt, although we don't have two XLs anymore. So if you wear a 2XL... Don't send one in. Don't send Unless one you in. want a shirt f- to give to a friend. No, we also have other things though too. We have like DVDs. We have. I mean, we probably still have some pint glasses. Pine glasses huh? with the etched into the glass. The yeah. Liturgical Institute. Those little. might be hard to mail out, but I think depending we on the limerick, I think you might you might deserve it. Yeah, if it includes the word beer, you get a pint glass <laughs> no, or some no. other beverage. No, <laughs> we don't have that many pint glasses. Well, just just one winner. You just want to give. Oh, but you said if it includes the word beer, you get a pint glass. No, if like you win. Who... If your winning one includes beer, you get a pint glass. If the winning one includes this clothes, contest party business. has so many rules. It has to have <laughs> beer, it has to have liturgical institute. It's void or prohibited and illegal and whatever. We're, we're the state institute. In. We're glad that you're here. Please study with us and we'll give you a beer. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> you get a pint glass, my friend. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, this has been a lovely conversation. Dennis. You know what I want to say again? Yeah, say one more thing. I again. like talking about nothing, man. I know you know uh, we were having lunch and then Dennis had coffee today and it's, bing, still, bing, bing, bing. Wow. it's still effective yes he is. hugged a sign that was a true story <laughs> I, I literally heard him say this sentence which I never thought I'd ever hear anyone say some guy saw him after he hugged his sign and he says I don't usually hug sides what did you say after that actually I do but not when people are around <laughs> <laughs> So we got back to the office I said, we should do another Coffee Talk podcast right now while we can maximize your cash. Can explain the sign story? Yeah. Wait, do you actually hug signs when nobody's around? <laughs> it's my secret shame. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't just a sign. It was a memorial plaque made of walnut with gilded letters. And <laughs> what is a gilded letter? It means there are engraved letters and there's okay. gold leaf in the, in the okay. engraved areas. And this was a thing that, together with the architect I designed, I did the typographical layout, and it's just beautiful. And you know, most of the places you go and you get a memorial plaque, they order it out of some place. And, I didn't know you dis- helped and design the, that. the typography is is not good and the, you know, whatever. This was very carefully designed. Every letter was spaced intentionally. It was a font called Adobe Kaslan that was invented in the 18th century. And we have a campus, it's a colonial architecture based on the 18th that's century. That's the font we use. It was, a sm- well, that's why I picked that one as okay. one of our standard fonts. So I loved this sign because it was my little artistic baby. That's why. So I don't hug signs most of the time. <laughs> Just that one. Enough coffee, and I'll hug my signs. That's about all. Oh man. Hmm. Do you did you should sign the sign because you made you helped make it. It's a sign, or a you should put, put your signature sign? on it. Yeah, You I should sign it. I should on the underside. No one will notice. Yeah. Okay. All right, you were trying to sign off, so shut the heck <laughs> ah, up. Ah, sign off, sign off. Uh, sign, sign, sign. sign uh, I guess we're still coming up with those things. So, yep. Liturgical Limerick, send it to us by October 1st, 2017. My, that's my brother's birthday. He's the brother that and drank the Limerick where do they send their Limerick to? They can email at questions at That seems like the best place for people to send stuff to us. Exactly. And please... Please send Dennis pie crust because oh he's gosh. lamenting the fact that nobody has sent him pie crust yet. And we but just get tired of repeating ourselves. Please don't lace it with arsenic or anything. So. But lace it with fluoride because I hear that it's good for your teeth. Mm, <laughs> now you're going to get one from somebody and you're I'll be afraid be like, to eat it. You're, right. You're going to be afraid to eat it. You're like, what's in here? Yeah. I'll make you that. taste it first. I'll come three or <laughs> four your hours taster, later. Isn't there a name for that? A taster is that what it is oh i thought there was like some like latin name yeah the king well maybe there is the king's had someone to taste it make sure they weren't poisoned i need to hire a taster i'm a super taster but i'm not that kind of taster (laughs) that's what it's called super taster no all right send in your limericks october 1st uh i think i think that's all we got today right yeah all right uh chris do you have anything to add Wouldn't that be so funny if he was like actually here? <laughs> what do you mean, if he were actually here? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, we, we have Chris tied up in the corner with a gag in his mouth. <laughs> but you know what is also really cool? People listen to this podcast, which amazes me. Yeah. And we get Wait, a lot of... they listen to the Liturgy Guys or they listen to Coffee Talk? Well, either one, but the Coffee Talk especially is kind of hard to imagine. But the, Litur- the Liturgy Guys podcast in general people say nice things they're kind to us they listen and they uh that's really great i mean we're trying to do something we think is important and we're just really happy that other people like it too so yeah thank you podcast listeners absolutely thank you for listening to the the podcast i'm continually i just sent out some stats to the staff today about the podcast and how well it's doing and it's kind of shocking so i never thought i'd ever be having conversations with about liturgy and thought i would enjoy it so Really fascinating stuff. All thanks to Dennis and Chris for having great intellectual information. And Jesse, you know. I don't do anything. See, just, Chris knows things. So he's like God the Father. What do I do? I'm kind of. I, 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 I learn things. I implement things, so I'm like God the Son. But you are the love between oh, Chris and Dennis. You are the animating principle the, that keeps us. I am us. the Spirit? Yeah, so you're the Holy Spirit. Nice. The and Trinitarian. I'm, and this is the Trinitarian dialogue. Of love. So we should be singing every podcast. Jesse, I love you. Dennis, thank you. Are you gonna tell me you love me too? Uh, can I tell one last story about what we we're just talking about? No. My okay. I, I told my wife the you first still time, time. Told I, me you love me. Dennis, I love you. Okay, thank you. Very much. I love you so much that I would hug a sign for you. So when I <laughs> see that sign on give, I'm gonna hug it. So my wife, uh, the first time I told her that I loved her, she said thank you. <laughs> she was taking a classic non-answer, I know. <laughs> An you're never supposed to make. I know. She just was. She was just like uh, you know, taking it back. She was not expecting it. So, anyway, but she loves me now. That's all that matters. Does she and tell I, you? She does tell me. Okay. What do you say? I say I love you back. I love your back. And I love you back. I love you back. I I love you back is what I say. And then I say, take care of the kids. Bye. (laughs) All right. Just good advice to everyone out there listening to this podcast. To take care of my kids. We love you. You hopefully love us back and take care of the kids. And take (laughs) care. Now that's a podcast. (laughs) The Liturgy Guys is produced by the Liturgical Institute. If you like what you've heard today, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And be sure to check out liturgicalinstitute.org to discover more about our degree programs, public events, and publications. Refresh your soul and renew the church at what Bishop Robert Barron calls one of the very best places in the country to receive formation in the Catholic liturgical tradition. Now that's a podcast.